You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. So today I'm going to talk about the greatest testimony. The greatest testimony. I stand to speak as the oracles of God. I stand to speak with grace that only God supplies. That in the end the Father be glorified through Jesus, the one who has power, dominion forever and ever. Amen. The greatest testimony. Jesus coming to die and resurrect is the greatest testimony. There's nothing bigger than that. He dying for your sins <laughs> and raising up together with you in righteousness is your greatest testimony. If you think you get a car, you get a promotion, you land some big contract, and that's your greatest testimony, you don't know who you are. And you have lost your essence in life. Hello? Yeah. And I'm going to break it out. Now, if you don't understand the definition of sin, you are going to get all of this wrong. And if you are not even careful at a point, so many questions will come to you. Um, the other day, somebody asked a question. I couldn't um, read that question so um, I could answer. But I get to answer the question in this uh, message. The person asked, how did sin enter Lucifer? How did sin enter Lucifer? Because if God is all perfect, then he must have created an all perfect being or personality. So, uh, how come if sin is not in God, how did he create a personality with sin? Because in your understanding of what sin is, you have a problem. Because for you, sin is what you don't do or what you do. Oh, hello. So, I'm going to break it down and then when you get to understand it, we'll take it from there. So, you know what Jesus actually came to do. And then you can really appreciate it 
have it and give everything you are to him. Oh, praise God. Sin is bigger than morality. I've told you several times that any time I hear somebody say, oh, this, uh, this is a person of integrity, I laugh. Because there's no human being with integrity. Because the word integrity is the word whole. If you have done integrated science or mathematics, you would understand that the word integra is the word whole. No human being is whole. The best described was David. Bible said he had integrity at heart. <laughs> he had a heart of integrity. What is sin? Now, the word sin is to miss the mark. Everybody say, miss the mark. Oh, say it like you mean it. So, to miss the mark. The word that describes sin in the Greek it says, it's hamatia. Hamatia means to miss the mark. So, I can give you an example of an arrow and then you have a target. So you hit, and you're not able to hit the main target. Even if it is a centimeter away from the main target, you have missed the mark. Now, it is not a mark, the mark. It is not a standard, the standard. So, who is the standard? God. So, when you miss the mark, God, you have sinned. When you miss the mark, you have sinned. How did I know that? I can only know that by the scriptures. The first place we read about sin is Lucifer. Is that right? What was the sin of Lucifer? Hello? What was the sin of Lucifer? Hello? 
is all. Lucifer missed the mark. Isaiah 14. Give me Isaiah 14. Verse 12 to 14. I've read it several times. Let me read it again. How are you falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground? Mighty though you were against the nations of the world. Then he tells us what he did. What did he do? For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and rule the angels. I will take the highest throne. I will preside on the mount of the assembly far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Hello? He missed the core of his being. The concentration now moved from him to him. The focus of Lucifer moved from God to himself. Oh, hello? Was that the sin? He was created to worship, but now he was craving worship for him. So that was the first sin. Hello? Oh, hello? So now, can, if this is sin, can God sin this sin? Oh, hello? No, if this is sin, then can sin affect God? Why? Because he is almighty. And he is the focus. So when anybody misses the focus, that is when they have sinned. Are you here with me? And that is where every sin comes from. So if you see anybody commit any kind of sin, they have moved from the original. And trickle down to the lowest. Oh, hello? Are you here with me at all? Every sin, think about it. Every sin, you think about any kind of sin. You first have to shift the focus from him to you. Before you do it. Everything. Oh, are you here? <laughs> so, look at it. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. 
when Lucifer was cut, cast down and he entered the snake, what sin did he make Adam and Eve sin? Eh? The, the same thing. <laughs> the same. Genesis chapter 3. The same. The same. Oh. When you eat, your eyes will be open. You will become God by yourself. Oh, are you here with me? You become God by yourself. So now, instead of feeding on the tree of life, that is the representation of Jesus. They fed on the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Are you getting the point? Because when you shift your focus from him, that is when evil will prevail. There is nothing like evil if the focus is good. Are you getting the point? Oh, are you here? Uh -huh. So far as they were fixing, feeding, focusing on the tree of life, there was no differentiation, good or evil. But the moment they left that focus, and became God to themselves, evil appeared. Hello. How did it come about? It is because God gave both Lucifer and man something called free will. Hello. Are you getting the point? If he created them like robots, then cool. But he gave them free word. Why? Because... You can only worship true worship by free will. Oh, hello. So that you would have to choose whether you want to look to him or to yourself. Oh, hello. That's why the moment they ate that tree, they felt shame. They had been naked all this while. But there was glory covered them. Oh, praise God. There was nothing like shame. There was nothing like shame. They didn't know shame. They knew beauty. They knew glory. That's all they knew. 
But the moment they lost focus on him and were God to themselves, they felt shame. That's the presence of evil. They lost their dignity. Oh, hello? Are you here with me? So, what exactly did they lose? What did Lucifer lose? What did humankind or human beings lose? Tell me. What did they lose? Hello? What did the sin bring to humankind? What did the sin bring to Lucifer? Separation. Yes, you're right. Separation. Separation. Separation from what? Oh, okay. So take me back to the PowerPoint. So the first thing they lost was eternal life. Because they lost connection with God. And they lost their place. Oh, hello. So they were to live with God and to live in eternity. But man lost it. The same as Lucifer. Lucifer lost eternity. So both Lucifer and man faced eternal damnation. Are you getting the point? Condemnation forever. The mistake we make and what we emphasize on is that for most of us, we think that when man sinned, man lost money. Man lost the opportunity to marry. Man lost the opportunity to give birth. Man lost, you know, name them. And so you see, when we say come to Christ or you came to church, for most of us, we came to find these things. Oh, hello? Are you here with me? Uh So you see, you come and what is so much on your heart that you think Jesus is going to give you is money. It's a good marriage. Oh, hello? But you must ask yourself in the first place that is that what you lost? So you see, that is not what Jesus came.
came to restore. If you came to Jesus because of that, then you are in the wrong place. On Wednesday, they were very clear. Most of us were very clear about it because I compared Cornelius. Cornelius. Who was a Jewish and, uh, and an Italian, but he was actually um, a Judaist. He, he was not saved. Bible said he was generous. Very generous. He was well-mannered. He was doing everything good. And Bible said he prayed. And do you know that God answered his prayer? As a matter of fact, he had an encounter with an angel. Wow. But why will God still tell Cornelius to go and meet Peter? Because doing good, being well-mannered, and having everything else does not give you restoration of eternal life. So if there's a Buddhist, there's an Ekanka, there is a Hindu, and they believe, listen very carefully, in their heart, that for them they think that they are serving God. When they pray, God answers. But that doesn't give them eternal life. It doesn't. The best it can do is to lead them to find Christ. Are you getting the point? So that they would have eternal life. Oh, are you getting it? Because that is what you lost from the beginning. So the glory of a man is not how good they are. The glory of a man is not how rich they are. The glory of a man is not how wealthy they are. The glory of a man is that they are connected to God by Christ and they have eternal life. That is your worth. That's your value. Praise God. Are you getting the right perspective? That's your value. Listen, your worth is not what is in your pocket or in your bank account. Your worth is Christ Jesus living in your heart. You have eternal life. What Adam lost, you have gained in Christ. Oh, praise God. That's why he said in Romans, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 to 24, what does he say? 
Yes, what? All have what? And fall short of God's, God's glorious what? Ideal. Yet, now God declares us what? Of offending him if we do what? If we trust in who? If we trust in who? Who in his kindness freely takes away our... Oh, praise the Lord. So you see the first thing God did in bringing Christ, he makes us bring the focus on him. The first sin has been taken care of. That's where righteousness is met. Oh, praise God. How did man sin? They miss the focus on him. How is man becoming righteous? They bring that back the focus on him. Oh, hello. Oh, praise God. So now the devil cannot take us again away from his focus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be because now your focus is him. Oh, praise the Lord. Are you getting the point? So every sin has been now taken care of. Oh, are you here? So that's why, you see, that's why the belief is not that simple. Are you getting it? Like people thought or people think it is. That's, that's why grace is so important. And that's why you need to go deep into the word. Because every time your belief will be tested. They will tell you, oh, this Jesus didn't forget. Oh, this. And all they are trying to do is to dig a hole in your belief. And the moment your belief is affected, your focus on, on him is shifted. Oh, praise God. No, are you here with me? Do you really understand it? Yes. So you see, every time, every day, as you come into God's, uh, the, 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 the garden of the believers, your faith is entrenched and your belief goes the next level. Are you understanding the point? And you keep believing and believing so that your focus is always on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I'll come to that. So you see, everything from Genesis to Revelation, listen very carefully. Everything in Scripture points to this central focus, Jesus. Most of, listen, most of the people you hear preaching, and they preach about David, they preach, they don't know exactly how to point it to Jesus. It is a matter of knowledge. Everything, everybody that played a role, a heroic role in scripture was pointing us to Jesus. Pointing us to Jesus. How come to that? For the wages of sin is death. So man died. But thank God for Jesus. 
we have eternal life. Praise God. I said, now God will restore man to his original rightful place in the fullness of time. Amen? So the Bible said, when the fullness of time came, when the right time came, Jesus came on the scene to restore man to their rightful position and place. Are you getting the point? And to gain eternal life. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? Look at John. Chapter 3. John chapter 3. We're all going to read together. Let's all read together. Go. After dark one night, a Jewish religious leader named Nicodemus, a member of the sect of the Pharisees, came for an interview with Jesus. So you see, he is a religious guy. He already knows God. But he knows that he's not been restored to eternal life. Are you getting the point? There's the need. So, look at Nicodemus. He came Nicodemusly. So, by Nicodemus, we have the word Nicodemusly. Because of how he came to Jesus. Okay. All right. Most of you don't know that. That's a fact. Yes. So the English coined the word Nicodemusly because of Nicodemus. All right. So let's continue. A member of a set of fire came for an interview with Jesus. Sir, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miracles are a proof enough of this. Hello? Say half truth. Because miracles are not a proof. They are not. Miracles are not. And when Moses turned the rod into snakes, didn't the magicians do the same? <laughs> so you see most listen be careful fellow believers be very careful where you go to some of you you go to these prayer camps and what they are practicing is african traditional religion and not christianity Jesus replied with all the earnestness I possess, I tell you this, unless you are born again. So Jesus corrects. He says, well, whatever you think, unless you are born again, you can never get into the kingdom of God. Eternal life will elude you. The guy was shocked. Born again? Exclamation mark is there. Exclaimed Nicodemus. What do you mean? How can 
an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, what I am telling you so earnestly is this. Unless you are born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Oh, praise God. The water here is no water baptism. The word and the spirit. Go. Men can only reproduce human life. But the Holy Spirit gives new life from heaven. So don't be surprised at my statement that you must be born again. Oh, hallelujah. So we are born again by the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. So you have moved from the lineage of your parents. You are now of the lineage of God. Your root is Christ Jesus. Are you understanding me? And that is actually your real nature. Just like the, the, the wonderful lady sang. As he is, so you are. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it will go next. So it is with the spirit. When I get to the spirit, from next week I'll start treating this. We do not know on whom he will next bestow this life from heaven. What do you mean, Nicodemus asked? Listen to me very carefully. The guy you think you don't like, the guy you think is a murderer, the guy you think is so hopeless, that same guy, Jesus is so interested. So interested. Let me tell you, some of the prayers we pray, that's why you don't know him. Because if you know him, you know pray that kind of prayer. Why he is busily knocking on the hearts. Convicting. You are killing. Whilst he is depopulating hell, you are populating hell with your Christianity. You say you call it dangerous prayer. Because of your marriage, somebody should die. Die. Just die. Da, da, da. Really? Next. Jesus replied, You, a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. My brother, my sister, it is the era in which we are. There are many respected, influential preachers who don't know a jack like Nicodemus. I'm telling you. And until we get radical about this message, the gospel must be preached to all nations. Look at Nicodemus. What it is is everything he's reading he doesn't understand the central focus, the central theme to scripture. He doesn't understand the promise of God that was coming to the Israelites and also to the nations of the world. That God was moving from a national God to a universal God to everyone. He's no more the God of Israel. He's the God of all nations. 
I'm telling you what I know and I've seen. Yet you won't believe me. Next. But if you don't even believe me, when I tell you about such things as these that happen here among men, how can you possibly believe if I tell you what is going on in heaven? For only I, the Messiah, have come to earth and will return to heaven again. This is not just a truth on planet earth. He's saying the truth I'm sharing with you is a universal truth. Are you understanding me? Yeah. And as Moses in the wilderness lifted up the bronze image of a serpent on a pole, even so I must be lifted up upon a pole. You see how he connected the scripture? And brought the focus on himself. When Moses was actually lifting up that bronze serpent, it was me he was talking about. That some years to come, a man called Jesus, who came from heaven, would die to restore eternity to mankind. I am the one. I am the one. So anyone who believes in me, will have what? They will have money. They will have marriages. Because that is not what you lost in the first place. You lost eternal life. That's what he came to restore. So you will not be damned. After death, you move into transition. Transition. As a matter of fact, when you die, you actually move into your perfect glory. This is, on this premise, this quotation was quoted. So look at where this quotation came in. Then he says, go, everybody, John 3.16. For God, you see, you, so is not there. This version didn't give you so, but you, King James. You see, so you see, it's in your subconscious. And so most of us read the Bible the same way. You see, my book of Bible stories, you read when you were in Sunday school. And how your Sunday school teacher told you about something. When you are still reading, it's in your mind. You need to <laughs> you need to shift all of these things, get them out. When you are reading, anytime you are reading the Bible, make sure that you move all of these things so you have a clear glass. Yes. So you see, I I I was waiting for it. <laughs> so let's go. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that so you were somebody begotten was coming. <laughs> so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Oh, praise God. So why did God send his son? To give us what? 
so simple. To give us eternal life. To give us eternal life. You want money, you don't need to be a Christian to get money. I'm telling you. You don't need. Because there are many who are not Christians, they are very wealthy. Have you forgotten what even Satan himself came to tell Jesus? Have you forgotten? If you can bow down and worship me, I will give you all of these things. So, so what are you talking about? Yes. But when you get Jesus and you understand, money then becomes your slave. Are you, that's the point. We put these things first when they are at the lower and the lowest. We have rather become slaves to these things when these things are our slaves. Here, a pastor committed suicide. Why did he commit suicide? Because he doesn't have the membership he wants to see. So everybody, everybody looks at him, and for him, he has failed. Because for him, his whole mentality about church is not to raise disciples, but to have members. You see, we have a certain skill about success, just like the world. Just like the world. Just like the world. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. But to save it. Oh, praise God. Amen. But to do what? Save it. To do what? Save it. To do what? So you don't go and condemn people. You will die. You will go to hell. Who told you that is the message? Please, listen to me very carefully. Anytime you are reading the New Testament, the new will, do you understand testament? Testament is the new word. New word? Will. Will. A testament is a will. It's a will. It's a will. And a will is only read when the testator dies. So when Jesus died, he rose with a new will for you and I. Ha! And in the new will, he doesn't tell you what you should not do. He rather tells you the right you should do. So anybody that focuses on what you don't have to do, they are in their old dispensation. Because he rather tells you what to do. Hey, are you here with me? So anytime you go to the, oh, don't kill, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. Go and check. That is in the old. He's supposed to tell you, you have eternal life. Your sins are forgiven. You are blessed of God. He's taking you where he said he will. He loves you so much. 
That's why it is called good news. It's no more bad news. Read it. Read it to everybody. Read it. Read it. Read it so loud that the person next to you will know you are reading it loud. There is no eternal doom awaiting those who trust him to say, Oh, hallelujah! There is no, it, this should make you scream because you have eternal life. There is no more eternal damnation. You trust him. You are not sinning the sin of Adam anymore. You have trusted him. You are not putting the focus on you anymore. The focus is on him. And because the focus is on him, he said every other sin he has cancelled. He doesn't look at what you did or what you do. He looks at who he is to you. So far as you don't lose your focus on him, you have made it. made it you have made it you have made it don't be trusting in you because you can't do it trust in him but those who don't trust him have already been tried Oh, hello? And condemned for not believing in the only Son of God. So you see, he's taking us to the first sin of Lucifer and man. What is the first sin? They trusting in themselves. Are you getting the point? Yes. Not trusting him. And he says, the moment you move to trust in yourself, you have already been tried and condemned. Because you can never pass the test. You can never pass the test. If you win it, listen, if you win it with your actions, you will lose it with your thoughts. <laughs> And if you lose it with your, uh, uh, you win it with your thoughts, you will lose it with your actions. <laughs> it is not possible. It is not. It is not. That's why we all need Jesus. The moment you trust in him, the father will never condemn you. The father looks at the work he has done for you and he covers your Adamic sin. Are you getting the point? And he cancels it for good. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. This is one of the scriptures that they normally quote. We normally quote. One of, I want us to bring perspective to, that, to these things. We normally quote this scripture. You know how we quote? So when we say it, all we mean is material things. The devil came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Hey. 
But God, Christ came to give us what? It, life. And to give us more, more abundant. We are looking at material things. Money. Hey. You know, the, the, the moment it abandoned life, then all we are talking about is, hey, Charlie. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's, it, listen, it's part of the package. It's not the main focus. So that if you don't have it, then you don't think you have lost the main thing. You see, that's actually our problem. They are promising you what is not the real. Take the reality. And every other thing can follow. Are you getting the point? Okay, so now let's, I'm leading you to, to, to that scripture. So you get the premise of the scripture. Let's all read it. Go. Anyone refusing to walk through the gate into a sheepfold, who sneaks over the wall, must surely be a thief. God has designed a way for man's sins to be canceled. For man to have eternal life, what they lost. And there's only one way to it. If anybody tries to find another way, they're a thief. It is like a thief who is going through the window and not the main gate of a house. Oh, hello. For a shepherd comes through the, the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. In other words, the father. Then the sheep hear his voice and come to him. Oh, praise the Lord. Next. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Oh, he knows you by name. Ah, he knows you by name. He walks ahead of them. Can you believe this? I heard a song this, 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 um, this week. An amazing gospel song. This is gospel, not the other ones. He says, whilst your God is carrying you, they are carrying their God. <laughs> Go and play it to your... Oh, this old lady in the village. Tell him, as for your God, he carries you. So, mama, stop carrying your God. Something is a God to you, and you are the one carrying it. You, you say something is the, the thing. That thing protects you. It protects you. And it's around your waist. And the thing can get missing. <laughs> and then you are frustrated. If the thing can protect, how does it get missing by itself?
Once your God is feeding you, you are feeding your God. Oh, my word. This our God, he walks ahead of us. Before we get there, he is there. You are afraid of going to your village. He has already gone ahead of you. By the time you get there, he has already taken over. As a matter of fact, he's living right inside of you. And therefore, he's walking with you. And they follow him. For they recognize his voice. They won't follow a stranger. But will run from him. May you run from the stranger. May you run from that stranger. Because the one who carries your life. Is already gone ahead of you. Give me the next. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration. Didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. He said I am the gate. For the sheep. Praise the Lord. All others who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in by the way of the gate will be saved and will go in and out and find green pastures. Oh, praise the Lord. Green pastures are yours. That's why David said in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Then NLT says, I shall have no need. Have no need. Next. Look at what he says. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So, Listen to me. What the devil came to do was to make you be like him. He has already been tried and condemned. The same sin that made him lose it, he introduced it to you. You don't understand. When we say the devil doesn't have power, you don't understand. Tell me what power he used against Adam and Eve. Apart from deception. He only tricked them. What the devil has is deception. Listen to me. What the devil has is deception. My purpose is to give life. In all its what? In all his word. In all his word. So he says, my purpose is to give life and give it in all his word. So he's actually emphasizing, the fullness there is emphasizing on having life eternal. That is what you call the fullness of what? That you will live and just die tomorrow is not the fullness of life. Are you getting the point? And then everything else can now be added to it. Now you can add a good marriage. Are you getting a point? Uh-huh. That you can have good health. Are you getting a point? Yes. But that is not the main. Are you understanding me? That's not the main. 
not a man. And says, how is it going to be done? Watch it. He says, I am what? The good shepherd. What is the good shepherd going to do? The good shepherd what? Lays down his life. I am going to give you this fullness of life by laying down my life for you. Oh, what a God we have. A hired man will run when he sees a wolf coming and will leave the sheep for they aren't his and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf leaps on them and scattered the flocks. The hired man runs because he is hired and has no real concern for the sheep. But look at the character of this, this God. I am the good shepherd and know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Where else do you want to go? Which God again do you want to serve? He doesn't count your sin against you because he's not a wolf. He's not a hired man. That when you are in trouble, rather, he leaves you alone. Who introduced that God to you? No, that's not my God. In the midst of my predicament and my trouble, he rather stands tall. He said, in the water and the fire, he will still be with me. In the most useless, hopeless situation, he rather shows up for everybody to know that he is the good shepherd. Good shepherd. I have other sheep too. In another fold, I must bring them also, and they will heal my voice. There will be one flock with one shepherd. Praise the Lord. Now you are the one he's sending. So that the sheep in the other fold. He's talking about the Gentiles. We go. And bring them. And we're going to have one shepherd. One flock. Oh hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> let me, let me, let me finish this. Let me, let me finish this. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Give me the next. So, now, you are going to say the, tell, tell them the good news. I've told you over and time again that don't go and condemn anybody. Because you've seen the character, the nature of the shepherd we are talking about. So you don't go and tell people and tell them, hey, tell them you are sinful people. No, that's not what the message is. He's rather forgiving their sins. So he didn't come to condemn them. Don't go and condemn them. Look at something he's going to tell us. This is the clear picture of how he wants us to present the message. And he said it in specific, definite terms of how to preach the gospel. This is Jesus himself. Luke was a medical doctor, was one of the disciples, and he actually followed Jesus to write. So he scripted and wrote this. And this is exactly what Jesus said. Now, 
very early on Sunday morning, they took the ointment to the tomb and found that the huge stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside. So they went in, but the Lord Jesus' body was gone. Oh, hello. Okay, I just want you to know that he has resurrected. Amen. From there, what happened? Let's go to the 13. That same day, Sunday, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles out of Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking of Jesus' death. When suddenly, Jesus himself came along and joined them and began walking beside them. <laughs> but they didn't recognize him. For God kept them from it. You seem to be in a deep discussion about something he said. What are you so concerned about? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. And one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about the terrible things that happened there last week. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth. They said he was a prophet who did incredible miracles. See, all their minds were on there. And was a mighty teacher. Highly regarded by both God and man. <laughs> but the chief priest and our religious leaders arrested him and handed him over to the Roman government eh, to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. We had thought he was the glorious Messiah. We had thought. We had thought. What Jake? Not yet been there. And that he had come to rescue what? Israel. Whilst we are talking about spiritual things, they are talking about political things. They thought Jesus had come to rescue them from the Roman captivity. And so at the time Jesus will finish with the Romans, Tale, they will call Peter and say, you, minister of defense. And then you... <laughs> All right. Which happened three days ago, some women from our group and his followers were at his tomb early this morning and came back with an amazing report that his body was missing and that they had seen some angels there who told them Jesus is alive. Oh, praise the Lord. Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, Jesus' body was gone just as the women had, had said. Then Jesus said to them, you are such foolish, foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scripture. Hey. Hey. Hey, are you here? All that the prophets what? Wrote in the scripture. So all that the prophets were writing, they were writing about him. But they never knew. They never understood. They were going to the synagogue every time. And they thought that Elijah was the hero. They thought that Moses was the hero. They thought that Elisha was the hero. But they didn't know that all of these guys were talking about one man. And what he was coming to do to save humankind. And to restore eternity to all of them. Are you getting the point? 
If you read a story and you realize, oh, they said that uh, Elijah, uh, a widow, and then widow of Zarephite, and then Elijah um, and, um, um, uh, want oil, and the woman's last meal, gave it to Elijah. And so they said, it means that God wants you to give everything to me. Who told you that? That's it. I'll, I'll, I'll get that thing to you, Claire, and you see that it is the message of salvation. Elijah, at that point, was representing Jesus, who is to come. And the woman had debts. Debts she herself didn't incur. We had debts. We ourselves did not care. Somebody sinned and their sin was accounted to us. But Jesus, like Elijah, came on the scene and said, you can't die with your death. I'm your salvation. That is Jesus right there. Ignorance is a disease. Watch what Jesus, look at what Jesus said. Go. Wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his time of glory? Then Jesus quoted them passage after passage from the writings of the prophets beginning with the book of Genesis and going right on through the scriptures explaining what the passages meant and what they said about himself. By this time they were near emails and by the end of their journey Jesus would have gone. But they begged him to stay the night with them. As it was getting late, so he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he asked God's blessings on the food and then took some small loaf of bread and broke it and was passing it over to them when suddenly it was as though their eyes were opened and they recognized him and at that moment he disappeared. Look at the next. Let's go to 32. Watch this. They began telling each other how their hearts had felt strangely warm as he talked with them and explained the scriptures during the walk down the road. Within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem, where the 11 disciples and the other followers of Jesus greeted them with these words, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. So they had a confirmation. Are you getting the point? Okay, look at what happened. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them. As they were walking along the road. And how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there. Among them. And greeted them. But the whole group was terribly frightened. Thinking they were seeing a ghost. I'm sure. Kotoklo, haminani. Somebody will say, ah, bokemba. (laughs) 
Jesus will anytime, listen, anytime Jesus comes, the first thing we tell you, don't be afraid. Anytime he comes on the scene, he will quiet your fears and give you courage. Praise the Lord. But if you don't believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, he will tell you you are foolish. Because you are missing out on the whole essence of life. Why do you doubt that it is really I? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it is I myself. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost. For ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. Ah, I would have loved to see that body. Because it is that body you and I will be living in. It is called the glorified body. Are you understanding me? And he spoke and he held out his hands for them to see the marks of the nails and showed them the wounds of his feet. Still they stood there undecided, filled with joy and doubt. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Uh-huh. You know, Jesus is giving them every proof that he is alive. So he ate right before them. Are you getting the point? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Oh, hallelujah. And then look at what he Then he said, when I was with you before, don't you remember my telling you that everything written about me by Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must all come true? Then he opened their minds to understand. At last, these many scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah must suffer and die and rise again from the dead on the third day. That this message of salvation, I want you to read it, go. And that this message of salvation should be taken from Jerusalem to all the nations. There is forgiveness Go and tell them, I have arisen from the dead. And the message of salvation is that their sins have been forgiven. That's the message. Yes. Don't broadcast. You are drunkard. You are cheating. You are fornicating. The Lord will judge you. Who told you that's the good news? Who told you that's the good news? He said, go and tell them. Let's, let's go. Go back. He says what? And that, this word, this word, what preceded the message? What was it? What is the message of salvation? Then he opened their minds uh -huh, and, tell, and told them. And he said what? Yes, it was written long ago that the word the Messiah must do what? And do what? And do what? And rise again from the, on the, so the message of the resurrection. Is that right? And he says, this is the message of what? Salvation. And should be taken from Jerusalem to, to Adedengbo, to Jamestown, to Cantonments, to Ridge, to everywhere. 
Take the message of salvation. This is the message of salvation. Jesus died and rose again in his death, burial, resurrection. He has forgiven all our sins. Praise the Lord. Jesus spent 40 days with them. And in the 40 days with them, he opened up the scripture of everything that was written about him for them to know that the whole scripture, the Old Testament was written of him. Oh, hallelujah. Listen to me, people of God. If you go out, go with love. Don't go and condemn people. Don't go and chastise people. Don't go and try to show them that you are Ogboro. No. That is not the message. The message of salvation, the message of good news that Jesus died for them. Jesus so loves them. He gave his whole, he gave his life. And when they come in, that love does not stop. That love continues to the end. He's the good shepherd. He will stick with the sheep till the last end. Till eternity. His love remains. 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 Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.